Hello, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phil McAleer. Welcome to the Anne and Phil Scoop. And this no, is a little bit unusual. And no, there's no interference on your TV set. <laughs> there are no pictures. You are not seeing us because we are not in front of cameras today. In fact, we're in, where are we, Anne? We're in Washington, D.C. The nation's capital. I That's believe. right, under extreme weather conditions here. Extreme conditions. <laughs> yeah, like three snowflakes fell in Washington, D.C. and everything has to close. Everything closed. Massive panic attacks. But yes, and actually funny enough, talking about the weather. Why are we in D.C., Phelan? We're here because of the Mark Stein defamation trial, the Climate Gate trial, the, 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 the trial that will determine whether climate alarmism is going to stalk the land or whether free speech is going to stalk the land. So Mark Stein is being sued by Professor Michael Mann, of, formerly of Penn State, now of UPenn, uh, over, uh, over allegations that he defamed Professor Mann in a blog post way back in 2012, back when Mitt Romney was a thing. Oh God! Was Mitt Romney a thing there? I can, I, that's like a name from the yeah, from yes. the deep, deep dark yes. bowels there are still of the people, past. And there are still people in DC earning money because they ran Mitt Romney's digital, disastrous, disastrous digital, digital campaign. Yes, is that what you're about to say? Yes, yes. So for the next um, few weeks, we will be here in Washington DC. We will be covering the trial, and what we have decided to do is instead of having the weekly, normal weekly podcast, which you would expect to get to see our gorgeous yes. faces, you will not see our gorgeous faces, but you will get to hear the latest news from inside the courtroom yes. in Washington DC, where we are attending every day of this trial. And we're so, doing reenactments. That's the thing. So we're doing. That's really important. We're doing. It's like the time we did the Weinstein trial uh, in New York. We are getting the transcript every day and we are getting actors in LA to reenact. And we think this is important. This is like the Scopes monkey trial. This is this is a trial that's going to, because we're always told the climate is settled, the debate is over. Yeah, but I don't remember any debate. So I think a courtroom is a great place to have a debate. Um, Michael Mann produced the hockey stick, which said there was flat temperatures, no medieval, no medieval warming period, no mini ice age, and then just when evil man, evil America industrialized, uh, the world went to hell in a handbasket. And Mark Stein said, I don't think so. And he also said, Michael Mann's a fraud. We're going to hear all of that. We're going to hear all of that, by the way, in a minute. So yes. actually, so what we're going to do is, so, uh, you know, this is just by way of an introduction and to say to our loyal and gorgeous uh, listeners and, and regular viewers, please don't stop just because you don't get to see us. Please keep listening and do subscribe to the podcast. You can po describe, uh, subscribe for free. Climate Climate change on trial everywhere you get podcasts. So you're going to get, you'll get a, a, a reenactment of the previous day's uh, most dramatic testimony in your inbox at 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, just in the, you know, so it'll be something you can listen to to work. You can listen to it at, over your lunch break. It, this is this is an issue that needs to be thrashed out. No, it's very important. And needs to be put under under the microscope, and that's what we're going to do. So here, what's going to happen today is here. You keep on listening because we're going to bring you the first day of the Mark Stein trial. You're going to get to hear it right now here. So. And you'll hear a little bit. And it's a short, actually today's episode, fairly short because it was a short enough day in court. Because but of the snowflakes. Because of the snowflakes. Um, so, but you'll get to hear the kind of flavor of this. But for the next days of the court trial of this week, you need to subscribe to Climate Change on Trial for free. Wherever anywhere, you get your podcasts. Anywhere you get podcasts. It's an audio, so you can listen to it in the car, you can listen to it you know, in the shower. I'm not going to get into super details about other places you can listen to it, um, but you can listen to it just about anywhere. Mm. Um, okay, so we are going to sign off and sign over now to, to the... Climate Change on Trial podcast. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hello, 
and welcome to Climate Change on Trial. I'm Phelan McAleer. And I'm Anne McElhenney. Climate Change on Trial is a daily podcast from inside the DC defamation trial of writer and broadcaster Mark Stein. Stein has been sued for defamation by climate scientist Professor Michael Mann. Stein described Michael Mann's famous hockey stick graph as a fraud. Mann is also suing writer Ran Simberg, who made similar comments. The saga started way back in 2012 when in a blog post for National Review, Mark Stein criticised Michael Mann's hockey stick graph. The graph purported to show a catastrophic rise in global temperature since the Industrial Revolution. The hockey stick graph has been hugely influential in pushing the theory of catastrophic global warming. It claims to show global temperatures were basically stable until the mid-1800s. That's the shaft of the hockey stick. The sharp surge in temperature after around 1850 is the blade. And why this story is so important is because this went against the accepted science and the accepted temperature graphs, which up until then had shown a medieval warming period and a later mini ice age. And when you've got ups and downs in temperature, then it becomes more difficult to attribute, I suppose, climate change to CO2. So man flattened the temperature and Stein said the hockey stick graph was a fraud and that man had cherry picked data to fit the thesis. Stein also criticised Penn State University, where Mann worked at the time. The university had investigated Michael Mann after allegations of scientific misconduct following the leaking of the so-called climate gate emails. Their investigation found he had not committed any misconduct. In July 2012, Mark Stein wrote an article, Football and Hockey, for the National Review, after a report found Penn State had failed to properly investigate child abuser football coach Jerry Sandusky. They exonerated him, even after they had received credible complaints about Sandusky's behaviour. Stein made the point that an organisation that would not properly investigate a star coach who was a child abuser would probably not have properly investigated their star climate scientist Michael Mann. Mann said the claims in the Mark Stein column and in a similar blog by Rand Simberg from the Competitive Enterprise Institute were false and defamed and injured his reputation. So enough of us describing what we think the case is about. Um, It was very helpful, actually, because the judge actually decided to lay out, you know, the whole situation. Um, And this is before, by the way, we have a jury, but he decided to lay out the whole case. To the jury panel, right? So this was later on in the day. Actually, we're sort of starting the podcast almost later on in the day when he laid out to the jury panel. Uh, But actually, it's a a fair, we think it's a fair enough summary, would we say, Anne? Yeah, Yeah. no, it's a great summary. So let's hear the judge summarize the case. Judge Alfred Irving. So... I'm going to tell you a little bit about the case. This is a defamation case. In 2012, plaintiff Michael Mann, PhD, formerly a climate studies professor at Penn State University, sued the two defendants, Rand Simberg and Mark Stein, for their separate online statements. Mr. Simberg's online post at issue in this lawsuit is titled, and I quote, The Other Scandal in Unhappy Valley, unquote. Mr. Stein's online post is titled, Football and Hockey. Mr. Simberg's post appeared the day after a report was released that criticized Penn State's failure to adequately investigate sexual misconduct by Jerry Sandusky, one of Penn State's assistant football coaches. 
Mr. Stein's post quoted from Mr. Simberg's post and reacted to what Mr. Simberg said. Each of the two posts compared the criticisms of Penn State's football investigation to Penn State's investigation of Professor Mann's research on global historical temperatures, which is commonly referred to as the quote-unquote hockey stick research. In so doing, defendant Simberg wrote that Dr. Mann had been quote, engaging in data manipulation to keep the blade on his famous hockey stick graph. Unquote. That Dr. Mann had become, quote, the poster boy of the corrupt and disgraced climate science echo chamber, unquote. That Dr. Mann had engaged in academic, and I quote this, academic and scientific misconduct. And that Dr. Mann, quote, could be said to be the Jerry Sandusky of climate change, except for, instead of molesting children, he has molested and tortured data, unquote. Defendant Stein reposted Defendant Simberg's statement that Dr. Mann, quote, could be said to be the Jerry Sandusky of climate change except for, instead of molesting children, he has molested and tortured data, unquote. Mr. Stein further wrote that, quote, I'm not sure I'd have extended that metaphor all the way into the locker room showers with quite the zeal Mr. Simberg does, but he has a point, unquote. And that Dr. Mann was the, quote, man behind the fraudulent climate change hockey stick graph, the very ringmaster of the tree ring circus, unquote. Professor Mann, now at the University of Pennsylvania, claims that the specific statements were false, defamed his reputation, and injured him. Defendants deny these claims. So they've had a decade, over a decade of litigation, and the case has finally come to court. Uh, we're going to be producing daily podcasts on the case. We'll be using the court transcripts for daily reenactments with actors, uh, actors reenacting the most dramatic parts of the trial. Uh, billions, trillions of dollars have been spent uh, and directed towards climate change measures, often with little debate. This court case is probably the first occasion where climate science and activism will come under the microscope. And face rigorous questioning as well. Yes. This is a trial which asks how much climate change science is really climate activism and alarmism. It also asks about whether free speech is an absolute right in America. Welcome to episode one of Climate Change on Trial, A Man Apart. So, Anne, we were in D.C. today. Yes. It was in the, snowy. In the terrible snow, in the <laughs> incredible conditions. I mean, we're not, I don't even want to hear about Iowa film. I don't want to hear about Iowa or anywhere else because it was so dramatic here today. So dramatic, in fact, that the court, which was meant to open at 9.30 this morning, then said, because of the snow conditions, they would open at 10. Guess when yeah. we started today? What time did we start at film? I think it was about quarter past 11. Yes. Um, and it's in the D.C. Superior Court, room 518. Which is, by the way, very pleasant. And I have to say, after our latest, the last trial Phelan and I attended was in Southwark, Southwark Crown Court in London, which was the most 
disease. I mean, it was the most toxic environment I've been in in a very long time. No windows. And that wasn't the defendant. And that wasn't just the defendant. Yeah, you know, disease ridden. The place yellowed walls, no windows, no air conditioning. Really horrible in the heat yes. of, of, of a London summer. So this place is like so really... room 518 of DC Superior Court under Judge Alfred Irving. Quite a cosy, kind of a cosy little room. Warm, air-conditioned, good acoustics, you know. Um, so it's a rather crowded legal bench as well. Actually, it's just funny. It's a bit small, the room, actually, when I say cosy. It's a small bench for a lot of people and characters. Everyone was very chatty and friendly. Uh, man's counsel was chatting and joking with rival counsel, uh, and they were even chatting and joking with Mark Stein and Rand Simberg. As far as we could see, the only person who wasn't part of the bonhomie was the, the plaintiff himself, Michael Mann. He stood aside and was initially placed quite, do you see that? He was initially yeah, placed yeah, quite close yeah. to Mark Stein at the counsel's bench, but he, he got himself quickly moved. Um, he looked very, very uncomfortable. I think perhaps finally the reality is dawning on him that you know, this is the first time he'll have to defend his science and defend his advocacy. And if you check his Twitter feed, uh, he's quite an advocate. You mm -hmm. know, uh, he's quite or, or, yeah, combative, uh, quite aggressive. So this will be the first time he'll have to defend his science and his advocacy. And this won't be in a soft interview with a friendly journalist, but it'll be under scrutiny and under oath in a court of law. And uh, Mark Stein, on the other hand, looked very relaxed, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, um, funny enough, I think possibly part of the reason is it's not the first time that Mark Stein has been in court. And of course, as probably many of you know, who are big fans of Mark Stein's, every court he's ever been in, he's won. But I think also for those of you who, who love and admire Mark Stein, he did enter the court in a wheelchair, which is kind of shocking and a big reminder that he's had a number of heart attacks last year and his health has been, you know, very challenged. And he's, we should say he's representing himself in this case. Which is so obviously very Mark Stein and really does set us all up for a very entertaining couple of weeks, I think, because you can imagine those of you who know Mark Stein know how eloquent he is, know how, you know, how amusing he is, what a wonderful turn of phrase he has. Imagine him defending himself against my, Michael Mann. I and mean, we have to point out, Mark Stein has never lost a court case. Correct. Mark Stein got uh, speech legislation overturned in Canada. Correct. Uh, they tried to get him on a hate speech and took him to a, a, a speech tribunal and he got the law changed. You know, he's, he's suing the British government over speech issues. He sued his former employer in the United States uh, and won. Oh, actually, he didn't. They sued him. He countersued and he won. Yeah. He's never lost a court case uh, and he's represented himself in a number of these cases. So I wonder, you know, Michael Mann might have bitten off more than he can chew. However, I would add that, you know, we are in a D.C. courtroom and we are in D.C. with a jury pool that are going to be pulled from D.C., um, whatever that means. Not yes. that I'm not that I'm defaming anyone in the whole the whole D.C. area. But, yes. you know, this is an interesting process and a, and a, and a reason why our podcast today is going to be a lot shorter than our podcast over the next parts of the trial is that the, the trial didn't get didn't get going properly no. today because what happened was first of all as we said you know it started really late and then uh, you know, there was some preliminary, there was a lot of preliminary talk, right, Philip, when we when we started up today, the judge asked yes. the counsel, were there any issues that had to be addressed? And there was a lot, there was a lot. Uh, Mann's lawyers wanted to submit a report from the National Science Foundation that, that Mann claimed exonerated him of any misconduct over the Climate Gate emails. And just remember what the Climate Gate emails were. They were a, a bunch of climate scientists, really up to no good. Uh, that's putting it mildly. They were talking about Michael Mann's nature trick, uh, using using Mike's nature trick to hide the decline, which is very significant because that was the one thing that people couldn't really work out about the hockey stick graph was, where was the mini ice age? Where was the decline? And he, he used a trick 
to uh, to hide the decline. So there are all these dodgy emails, uh, you know, on scientific language, on scientific behaviour. And the National Science Foundation uh, apparently investigated him and man said was exonerated by it. But it, to be honest, it didn't exonerate him. But I thought but I thought one of the lovely lines, and we did find this very amusing, we did kind of look at each other when we heard it, because during the exchange, one of man's counsel actually really tickled us pink was he said that, you know, that the report was so trustworthy, this report that exonerated Michael Mann was so trustworthy because it came from the government, which I have to say, I was quite surprised that the whole place didn't break out in laughter at that yeah, point. Yeah, well, it's DC, you see, it's a government time. But anyway, so we've done a reenactment of the, these exchanges. Um, we have the judge starting the conversation, and then we have... Mr. Della Quill, who represents Rand Sundberg, and Mr. Fontaine, who is one of many Michael Mann counsels, uh, lawyers. So, yeah, so it starts with the judge and then Mr. Della Quill and then Mr. Fontaine. And uh, the person who believes that it's a government report and therefore trustworthy is uh, Mr. Fontaine. So let's hear that reenactment. And who is being called to sponsor this document? Because it seems that the National Science Foundation did not perform the same type of investigation as the other three entities, the Court of Appeals, of which reports the Court of Appeals found to be relevant to the question of malice. It's I would to have me, to defer to plaintiff's counsel on that, Your Honor. If I could speak to that, Your Honor. Yes. Our expert, John Abraham, is going to speak to that. This is a government report. Right. It is trustworthy. It describes what was reviewed and what was done in that report. And it contains an analysis of the arguments against Dr. Mann. Yeah, so the judge also showed his exasperation with the parties um, that after 12 years, um, they came to court, you know, rather unprepared uh, and wanting to bring in last minute evidence. And normally when people want to bring in last minute evidence, it's a witness or a couple of pages or a document. This was 5,400 pages of, of new of, evidence of over the weekend. Transport, by the way, over the right? weekend. So let's hear the judge. And by the way, that, and the weekend, by the way, because it's MLK, right, was was on Monday. So it's actually over the long weekend. So over the long weekend, they'd submitted 5,400 yeah. 5, pages of new evidence. Well, let's hear the judge uh, on that. All right. Before I get to the I deposition designations, and you might imagine the court's reaction at this late date receiving so many pages without a videotape for the court to fully and appropriately assess such. I'll hear from the parties on it momentarily, but I am not inclined to engage in the exercise that you proposed. And ultimately, if these witnesses need to be called, I will allow them to present live testimony by video. But what you're proposing here is simply unworkable. And the court has been at a disadvantage in this regard. You've hit me with, what, over 5,400 pages? And we are, the parties had indicated last January 2023 that you were ready to go to trial. And then in October, ready to go to trial. But I'm just receiving this, and there's so many objections. If there were no objections, then I would have no problems. But there are objections to certain of the testimony, and, and you know you're asking me at, indeed, the 11th hour, the third 11th hour to review deposition testimony, the transcripts, and make independent assessments of whether there's proper foundation and the like. That's just simply not how litigation happens. We'll confer with the witnesses and with the other parties and get back to your honor. All right. Certainly if the only issue was videotape, we could have that to you today. Right. 
But at this juncture, and you're in essence asking the court to pull all-nighters in a case that was filed in 2012 and could have gone to trial many months and many moons ago. And so it's most irregular to say the least. So throughout the morning, the judge told both sides that this was a simple defamation case. He said, and, and it's interesting because he said, this is not political. This is not about climate change. And he had whole thing. This is not about climate change. And I have to say, Phil, you know what it reminded me of? Yeah. Because, you know, because during the during the Gosnell trial, this was something that we had that a covered. And we also have a podcast on. And a movie. Uh, <laughs> but no, if you want to go and listen to a really great uh, true crime podcast, go to Serial Killer a true crime podcast. Uh, it's about America's biggest serial killer that you've never heard of. But uh, we we were in there in, in, in the uh, Gosnell case, and, and what and, and what counsel what what counsel and judge I think also in that case kept saying is, by the way, this is not a court. This is not a case about abortion. This is not a case about abortion. This is a case about murder. Um, and it just sounded a little bit like that to me. Yeah. It was kind of funny. It was like whatever you whatever you think about this case, this case is not about climate Can change. I, add, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble keeping keeping Michael Mann and Mark Stein and Rand Simberg away from politics and away from... I'm talking about climate change. Climate change. I mean, yeah. I think he's on a sticky wicket there. So, um, yeah, talking to Mark Stein, he was, in, he was in good form, wasn't he? You know, he yes, yes. Reminding the judge, you know, throwing in a little... Bar. I mean, it is. Mark's big comment is the process is the punishment. Yeah, and I mean, and by the way, 12 years, yeah. This, I mean, it, this shouldn't be legal, by the way. If you can't you know, get satisfaction in the courts within, I don't know, whatever, 18 months of making a complaint. The thing should end. This the, this is madness. And it's and by the way, it's extraordinarily expensive. One thing that struck me today was I kept looking at all these people. I mean, I think I said it to you at some stage, Phil, I'm like all these counsel that came in and it was like four counsel for this person, four for that person, you know, whatever. So there's like, there's 12, 20, there's like 20 people. And I'm looking around thinking everyone here is being paid and, you know, yeah. very big money, by the way, for for maybe a case that shouldn't have happened in the first place. There you know? are so many. Because in the end, it's it's basically Michael Mann saying, I don't like you saying that about me. Don't yes. be talking like that about me is kind of really what this case is about. Right? There were so many counsel and so many consultants in that 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 the desks wouldn't hold them. They actually had, a, some of the people involved in the case were sitting in the public gallery. Yeah, well, when it came to jury yeah. selection, actually, they had to they had to have a breakout and they had to push people into a breakout, into a breakout room. room. But, but yeah, but so, you know, we did get to hear from Mark Stein one time today, which obviously is always a treat to get to hear from Mark Stein. And of course, he was in flying form, yes. of course, as usual. I won't I won't spoil it by actually saying, but, but you know, yes, so I won't, I won't spoil it. But yeah, the judge was, was kind of telling him, uh, you know, about... Um, opening arguments and be careful with opening arguments and what he could and couldn't say. So, uh, and, by, and just, and I did love it, by the way, this morning when Mark Stein, you know, because everyone had to introduce themselves so they were saying, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my name and I'm, I'm Huffton, and I'm, Huffton, I'm, Buffton. Huffton, Puffton, and I'm actually representing Michael Mann or whatever. And then it comes to Mark Stein. It's, I'm, my name is Mark Stein. I'm representing Mark Stein, but I also have counsel, but he's going to represent himself. So he's going to be doing a lot of the talking. But anyway, let's hear in his, the one exchange he had today, um, which, you know, gives you a flavor of uh, his style his fun and his charm and panache. And this is Mark uh, in a back and forth with Judge Alfred Irvine. Judge, with respect to the court, and I appreciate I'm a foreigner in this court, but I understood that something from Canada, from England, from Australia, from other places I happen to be in court proceedings, that there's a wide degree of latitude given to opening statements in which demonstratives are really illustrative. They're not merely entered as evidence. My book is on the exhibit list. The book has a whole. And if the book is on the exhibit list, I don't see why pages from it can't be used as demonstratives in opening statements 
from which anywhere else in the common law world there is the widest degree of latitude. We, <clears throat> we try to cabin opening statements to relate to what's relevant in the case. If it's not relevant, it's only the only purpose it would serve is to confuse the jury. And so we limit opening statements to what the parties envision proving at trial. Your book does not appear to have any relevance to this case. No, the book is to do well. I would. When was it published? That was published in the early years of this case. It was published sometime in the first decade of this case. But certainly after you made your publications that are at issue in this case. Yes, yes, that's true. But what the... What's uh, the relevance? What's the purpose of the book? The relevance of the book is to show the scientific community's view of Mr. Mann and of his work. What is, what I said, and again, I slightly agree with Mr. Fontaine was saying, which I don't expect to be saying terribly often in the next few weeks. But Mr. Mann sued me because I referred to the fraudulent, the quote, fraudulent hockey sticks graph, and therefore evidence of the fraudulence and what I relied on to characterise its fraudulence is relevant to... But you did not rely on your book for that. No, but I relied on some of the persons quoted in the book. The book isn't an original book, it's just me editing various statements made by various witnesses in this case. So, yes, we got a few zingers there. Yes. That was pretty much the, the, the really the zingers. Although Peter Delacroix, uh, Ransenberg's lawyer, once said, you know, said, I, I feel um, I'm on another planet sometimes when I hear the other side describe my case. So they're, they're, they're going back and forward. There's a few zingers in there. But, you know, the, the, to be honest, the court case didn't really get underway today. We still haven't got a jury. We're going to continue jury selection tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we think there'll be more going on tomorrow. It'll be a, a it'll be a, well, there's going to be opening arguments and that's when you're going to really hear the, uh, what, what each person's case is. Yeah. I mean, that tomorrow should be very dramatic because we will get to the opening, the opening statements from both sides and where everyone's going to lay down, you know, what it is, what this, what this case is all about. So that should be fun. Um, particularly because we're going to get Mark Stein representing himself and with his opening statements. So you need to tune in and... And you need to subscribe. And you need to subscribe. Climate Change on Trial. And and so you can subscribe for free at Climate Change on Trial anywhere where you get podcasts. And please tell your friends about this podcast. Share this podcast with other people. um, And and let us know what you think in the comments, by the way. Please write to us in the comments. Um, We'll also be, I think, maybe live tweeting Phelan some of the days. Is that right? Yes. So you can find us on Twitter. I'm I'm Anne McElhenney on Twitter. Phelan is Phelan McAleer on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter. And all those links will be in the show notes, by the way. So have a look in the show notes for um, all the information about where we we are and where you can find us. But, you know, in the end of the day, Phelan, I think this is, I'm really glad we're here. I'm really glad we're going to be doing this case because... Very important. I think you know, it's incredibly important. I mean, one of the things that, that you know that that can't be disputed by anyone is that the alarmism and catastrophizing that has been set off across the world, based really on this hockey stick graph, which Mark Stein says is fraudulent, has cost the world trillions of dollars. Has probably cost the deaths of many people who have you know been denied the benefits of fossil fuels. Um, you know, so it's it's huge. It's huge, the import of this. Well, listen, they're talking about, you know, making uh, UK carbon neutral by 2030 or zero, net zero carbon. Uh, you know, they're talking about the electricity prices are going, is going through the roof uh, in the developing world. We're, we're, we're talking about 
taking fossil fuels from the poorest people on the planet, the people who really need it, and stopping them exploiting their fossil fuels. So these are serious matters. They need debate, and we're glad that we're bringing you this daily podcast. We're the Unreported Story Society. We're a not-for-profit. If you want to help us, go to unreportedstorysociety.com. You can donate. We're a 501c3. Your donation will be tax-deductible. Um, go there and help us do this project. Uh, we do it for free, but, um, you know... Uh, You're getting it for free. You're but getting it, it for yeah, free. But you might want to pay it forward yes. by giving us a donation. So you can do that very simply online at unreportedstorysociety.com. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. With, the, with all the news from the court. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.